einer neuen Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Welcome to my podcast, Victoria. It's really nice to have you here. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are? Because I've gone through your blog and I've listened to your podcast and you are a very fascinating person. So what would be the short version of such an adventurous life? <laughs> well, it always depends uh, who asks, but you've mentioned the travel side, so I'm going to stick to this. Um, I'm Victoria. I'm born and raised in Austria, maybe raised even around the world. but um. My parents do live in Austria and this is where I'm from and this is where my home base is. I started traveling about 10 years ago when I lived abroad in Venezuela as an exchange student and it was only the start of a very of a life that people would say is not normal and I fall into that category um a lot. So um I always do things that are maybe seen as out of the box or different um and I really want to live a life that is not standard. I want every day or almost every day to be different. And so um, during my studies, I studied industrial engineering in my bachelor's degree. I also lived in Spain for a year. And that's where I decided to start a travel blog. And this is where most of the adventures started. I really enjoy, well, I enjoyed traveling a lot during that time. There was only like two or three weekends that I stayed in the city that I was living in, in Spain. And so I was always on the go trying to make the most of, of my time there. And I remember one of those trips was I knew I had like four days and I was living in the north of Spain and I wanted to go to Gibraltar and Morocco. And I figured out I can do that in those four days, having to cross all of the Iberian Peninsula, spending an afternoon in Gibraltar, And then even going to Morocco for a day. And it was all possible. I wouldn't do it again because it was just so much of a distance and so much time on buses and ferries and trains. But that's how I started my my travel adventures. And since that, it kind of I'm not well, it kind of became a career. I do make a living from my blog. It's not not all my income originates from the travel blog, but it's still it's a it's a decent part and it allows me to keep on traveling and see sites of our beautiful planet that I would not be able to see without that. Yeah, that's the, that's the beginning of my, my travel thing. So are you, are you back in Austria nowadays or are you still on the road? Right now I'm, I'm in Austria, but in uh, March I was only home for three or four days. I was in Mexico and in Israel for a client so for assignments and um it does happen that sometimes i'm away quite frequently but i do have a husband and a cat so we have a lovely agreement where i'm not gone for more than like three weeks which is also like the perfect time for me um after those three weeks kind of like my my hard drive is full and i need to go back home and and recharge and sort through all the memories um so that march was um Yeah, it, it was a lot of traveling, uh, but I really enjoyed it. And I was able to combine like individual, like private time with work. And I was 
just an incredible month and just an incredible time to to be able to to live and to to do those things that I want to do and I've been trying to build this lifestyle for the past 10 years and especially when I was in Mexico I was really enjoying myself and the, the fact that I was able to be there and still being able to work and enjoy all the beautiful weather and the water and just and also the good tacos so it was it was definitely one of the the trips that was the most memorable for me because it was a lot of thoughts and and time that I was able to spend on my own and just to reflect and to see where I want to take this no that's great i will have to get you back on the podcast to tell me about <laughs> some of your other travels like about the mexican culture through your eyes but today we want to focus on your home country a lot of germans they think they know your country or they go skiing there every year but i'm sure there are things that you can share with us today that even the germans would be like huh i didn't know that one <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me a little bit about your childhood growing up in austria what part of austria are you from I grew up in, in a city called Leoben, which is the second largest city in the state of Styria, which is in the south. And it's very known for its outdoors, the nature, apples and wine. Um, and the city where, that I grew up in, uh, Leoben, is the home of a university, of a mining university. And it's the only one of that kind in Austria. I think there's only like two or three in the Dach region. So it's a very special place because there's a lot of um, customs going on with a mining background. Um, there was there was fun to watch uh, growing up, but most of what I remember from my childhood was being outside, being outdoors, hiking the mountains, and just being able to enjoy the beautiful nature that surrounded us. I feel like for children, you you need to spend as much time as possible outside. And sometimes I kind of get a little bit sad when I see like the these younger kids nowadays, they spend all day indoors with video games. And I'm like, wow, you're missing out on so much. How was it for you? You were just running around as a kid out in the mountains? Or did you spend a lot of times indoor as well? Well, I really enjoyed spending time outdoors. Um, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a family with a house and with a little bit of like really nature in a in a forest very close by. So I would always meet up with my friends there and just see what we could do. Like we built like treetop houses um, that were perfect through my eyes as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, it was more than just, you know, a little like branches and um just very basic living. <laughs> um, but I really enjoyed to be outside and I, I really agree with you. It it really makes me sad to see kids nowadays spending so much time inside, indoors. I mean, the pandemic doesn't uh, didn't really help with that. Of course not, yeah. But there's so much to explore and see, but it, it will always depend on how you grow up, how your parents are and what values do they have in your in, in, in your family? So for me, um, when I did have to stay inside, um, I, I I did read a lot. So I was going through 
my books a lot in reading and staying up all night. Um, I remember when the Harry Potter series came out, I would just stay up for two, three days until I finished the last page. Um, So I did read a lot. Um, Of course, in summer, I did bring my books outside as well and try to to bring like this imaginary world into a physical world. Yeah. Um, also, there's there's so many nice rivers in uh, in Syria that you can enjoy and try to build like a little dam and, and play around and have fun. So for me, growing up in Syria was amazing. And I, I would move back in a heartbeat, but we're now based here in Upper Austria. Um, and it, it's a beautiful state as well. It's just very different. People are different too. But like for now and for who I am now, Apostra is perfect. Yeah, it sounds quite idyllic when you tell these stories. And I can only imagine, <laughs> right, from, from watching cartoons, you can, wow, the mountains. I also come, I come from the western part of Canada. We have the Rocky Mountains. So I have a very, very oh, nice. strong connection. Which part to there? Uh, so I, my city is called Edmonton. So the Rocky Mountains in Alberta. So Jasper, been... Banff, that region. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I've spent two months close to Edmonton. Uh, no way. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> like the city is not town. the nicest. We have to admit it's not the nicest city. It's an, like very industrial. But my summers were always spent in the mountains. My parents always made sure to take us out to the mountains. So I have a strong, strong connection to, to that. And I lived in the north of Germany for two years. And it's very flat. It and is. I couldn't... <laughs> handle it (laughs) i just came back from a conference in hamburg and um i went there by train it's like okay you know passing like all those flat areas like i'm ready to go back to the mountains absolutely (laughs) absolutely so i know you were you were just in germany so it kind of is a good segue to my next question as a canadian we think a lot about america we're like the little brother America is more than 300 million people. Canada is about 37. So we're a very small country in comparison. A lot of our culture, the way we speak, our music is very much influenced by America. What role does Germany play in Austrian culture or in the mind of an Austrian person as you grow up or in the politics? I don't know. Does the question make sense? Yes, it, it definitely makes sense, and it's it's a it's an interesting one because it really got me thinking. For before we recorded this, I was like, okay, what what are the similarities and everything? Well, I would say less than they might think, or less than they might like. <laughs> <laughs> I like that answer. <laughs> so we're we're very independent from Germany, and we really don't like to be compared to them. <laughs> it's not. In a bad way, it's just never mistake an Austrian for a German. You'll be fine. <laughs> if I, you don't mistake an Austrian for a German, that that is like half half the deal. Um, but I'd say, like from a music perspective, of course, because we have the same language, which like written German is the same, but we do have different words with different ways of pronouncing things. So we in school we would learn the Hochdeutsch the high German, uh, but we would still like talk in our and speak in our local dialects. Um, so we do have a lot of music from Austrian artists that use that 
language. And it's, it's the most fun. I really enjoy this type of music. We call it Austropop, so Austrian pop. Um, in, in, in other terms, I mean, of course, we are influenced heavily by what Germany does, how the politics are, but we're still very different. For example, if you go to a university here, it's, it's for free. It's usually free in Germany too, but there's more universities that, you know, you would have to pay a certain amount of. But in Austria, most public universities are free. Uh, we pay for it in a different way through our taxes. And, well, one example that most Germans will also agree on with me is uh, public transportation. <laughs> our railway system is amazing. And it, it's ranked one of the, the top railway networks and uh, operators in throughout Europe, whereas the Deutsche Bahn is one of the least favorite ones. And also public transportation here is very affordable compared to Germany. Um, so it's, 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 very, it's very different. I wouldn't say that Austria and Germany are like maybe father and daughter or like siblings, um, also because of our history and like what happened 80 years ago, it's like, okay, we, we, we acknowledge the past, but we still want to be, you know, we want to be an independent nation. Um, also wanting to, to mention that, of course, we were part of Nazi, Nazi Germany. Um, so this is a fact that we can't deny. And we were the first ones to be occupied or taken by that, by, by the German let me rephrase that. <laughs> so we were the first ones to be um, occupied by Nazi Germany. And this still is in our gut. We still, we know that we are independent now, but throughout the two major wars, like Austria was such a big empire. The Austro-Hungarian empire was very big. And it's, it's, it's incredible to see how through those wars, we were reduced to this tiny country that we now are. Just a hundred years back, we were uh, more than a hundred years, one hundred ten or one hundred twenty years back, when it was still an, an empire. It was all very different, um, and we still really try to stay as an independent nation and not to be compared too much to Germany. If that if that makes sense, I wonder. Do you think there would be a similarity in the way Austrians think about it? in the same way that Swiss people are also quite defensive about protecting their country and making sure that, yeah, they're not attacked or taken over. I, do Austrians have like this sense of, um, we need to remain independent because we know that there was a time where we were not. Yes. And actually it's a very, it's a topic that comes up now with the war in Ukraine a lot as well, because Austria is a neutral country. Um, so that was part of our of the contract that made us independent. One of the clauses was okay, Austria has to be or must be uh, a neutral country. So we are not allowed to get involved with any warlike activities. We're still allowed to talk freely about things. So um, it's 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 two things. It's helping out a nation in war and um, supporting it verbally. So this is really important to Austria to be a neutral country, and it makes some things easier. 
um, especially now with the current situation. But also, oh, I, I didn't expect to be talking that much about politics, but <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we are a neutral country and we are very proud of that. And we are happy that we are independent and in a sense, uh, just like Switzerland, we are, we're happy with who we are now and uh, proud of what we managed to do in the past to become who we are. No, it's beautiful. I think that's a beautiful thing. As Canadians, we always have kind of this sense, our identity comes from not being Americans. <laughs> so if America likes guns, we don't like guns. If they pay for healthcare, we don't pay for health. Like we have free mm-hmm. healthcare. Like a lot of our political decisions is just doing the opposite of whatever America does, because we want to like show that we are an independent mm-hmm. nation. I don't know if that there's like a similarity in the way uh, Austrian uh, politics or society functions as well. Well, I would I would agree on the we do the opposite what Germany does. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so funny, but that's that's what happens when you have a big like a a big neighbor, like a really yes. big neighbor. <laughs> right, of course they're going to have an influence on you, but you still want to maintain your individuality. Yeah. And in your own way of doing things, which is it's a cool thing. But there's also like a big benefit because they would never translate movies into German if there were only nine million people speaking it. So thanks to Germany, we get all the movies in German. That makes sense because what I've seen from the Nordic countries, they don't get translated. They just put subtitles. So that's why the Nordic countries, they speak English very well, because yes. the children watch English movies. What do you think are some of the differences in the regions of Austria? Because I have a student, he, he is from uh, Tyrol, and he lives in Munich now. Mm-hmm. And he told me he has more in common with Bavarians than he does with people from Vienna. I don't know if you've noticed that difference yes. at all. So there's nine states in, in Austria, nine Bundesländer, and they're all very different. But like Tyrol is very, is very special. They're very proud of their mountains and their outdoors. And of course, they're proud skiers. So this is like the stereotypical Tyrolean is someone that lives either in Innsbruck or very close to the mountains and just, you know, they go to work in the morning and then maybe go skiing in the afternoon in wintertime. But I also agree with with you with like the the capital, Vienna, is very different to let's say the other side, the other parts of Austria or the countryside. Same with like in, in, in other countries. Um you couldn't compare Uh, Saxony to Berlin or Hamburg to Munich or living in a countryside in Bavaria to Munich. Um, It's very, it's very different. And so even when I work with people from Vienna, it's, it's a lot different than when I work with people in in other parts in Austria, it's either more formal or more strict or um, just different ways how we connect also through our values. Yeah, I find that so fascinating. 
in Canada, we have the West-East divide and mm -hmm. particularly the French-English divide. So that's where you'll see a little bit of uh, tension. But it's, mm -hmm. well, if you have a different language, then of course, that's going to create some differences. But I think for us, it's quite playful. I don't think there's anyone who would actually say, oh, I, I hate those people and I hope that they leave our country. I think in general, it's like quite playful mm -hmm. in the way we talk about our differences. That's just my own interpretation. Another Canadian might say that disagree with me. Would you say that it's similar in Austria that you guys have like certain stereotypes of the different regions, but at the end, it's, it's just a playful thing, not it's actually something very playful. serious? It is, it is not serious. Um, of course, there's, there's jokes around it. Um, like the stereotypical Viennese person would be someone that <laughs> complains about everything. So this is like Vienna. It's like complaining on a very high level. Vienna has been ranked um, one of the most livable cities or the most livable cities in the past 10 years. So they always compete. It's always either Vienna or Melbourne. So either one of those is, is number one. Um, and so they, they still compare themselves to like other cities and like Viennese. According to the world, Vienna is one of the most livable cities. But according to Viennese, it's one of the ugliest cities <laughs> it's still in, in a playful way. So the world says, wow, Vienna, look at what they've done. And the people there is like, oh, this place is terrible. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's still it's it's just how Vienna works. I mean, there's lovely people in Vienna, but don't expect to have a nice waiter in Vienna. They're grumpy. It's part of the job description. Okay, to be grumpy in your customer service. Yeah. <laughs> then that wouldn't be too different to what I experience in Germany. So I think I would feel <laughs> right at home. <laughs> oh, what are some of your favorite places to visit in Austria? Maybe something like a hidden gem, something that people would say, oh, I've never heard of that place. Do you have any hidden gems? Oh, well, if you, there's so many quirky places in Austria. Like, and one of the quirkiest ones I've been recently is uh, in Lower Austria. And um, fun fact, yes, one of the states is called Upper Austria and one is called Lower Austria. We didn't run out of names. It's just how it works. <laughs> Um, so in Low Austria, um, there is a nuclear power plant that was never switched on. So like 30, 40 years ago, politicians said, okay, we need nuclear energy. So they built a nuclear power plant and then they had a referendum. And just over 50%, like 50.6 or something, said, oh, no, we don't want it. So, so they built it and then... They couldn't actually use it. Yes. So they sold parts of like the engines and stuff to other nuclear power plants. And now it's, it's an event location. It's a, it's a museum. It's a training center because so many power plants of that type are the same. It's kind of like, you know, a Lego set. Oh, I'm going to buy a nuclear power plant type A. <laughs> And so it's it's the same um, that is in uh, what was the name in that in Japan where the tsunami destroyed uh, the plant? Yeah, Hiroshima. No, that's no. Was it? <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, that's the bomb. That one, but it's it's the same build. Okay. So when the tsunami hit, the engineers from that plant in uh, Japan traveled all the way to Austria. 
uh, and inspected our not working, not in use power plant and, and tried to find, you know, causes and to, to see how they could do it better in the future. So it's a very interesting place. Some even call it, it's, it's one of those dark places in Austria, but it's actually quite funny in a very Austrian way of doing things, building something or doing something, and then only later asking for permission. And then many times <laughs> that permission is not granted. Oh, that's a funny, funny statement. And you think there's like several examples of stuff like that where, yes. oh, we'll just build it. Oh, mm-hmm. we can't actually yeah. use it. <laughs> they actually fun. do produce energy there now, but not um, by using nuclear energy, but by using solar panels. Okay, okay. So using renewable energy instead. Mm-hmm. I was reading the, about Austrian culture beforehand. I'm like, oh, I want to prepare. And I read a funny, something really that I thought was really funny. And maybe you can confirm if it's true or not. I read that it's it's bad luck. If you share a toast and you don't maintain eye contact with another person, That's is that a real rude. thing? That's very yeah, it's rude, rude to yeah. do that. Okay, mm-hmm. so I have to keep eye contact when I share toast. Are there other like interesting, quirky customs that are are Austrian? There is one, and uh, it takes place early December. Some countries are familiar with St. Nicholas and that he brings gifts to the kids. We do have uh, Nikolaus as well, but we also have like an, an evil counterpart and his name is Krampus. And so he appears together with St. Nicholas. And while St. Nicholas awards good, good kids with presents, Krampus takes them away. He takes them with them. So when St. Nicholas yeah, he has like this big book and he reads out the names of the people, of the kids that have been have been good the past year. If your name is on that list, you're good. But if your name isn't on that list, then Krampus will come and will pack you in his sack and just carry you away. And it Krampus really looks frightening. It's like a big mask and it looks like a like a devil with horns. And furry body so people are really scared of them and i think it's the fifth or sixth of december whenever it's that day i don't go i don't leave the house because i'm i'm afraid oh even now (laughs) even now yeah because i don't like those evil costumes and, and and masks so i stay at home at those days and there's actually quite few people that prefer to stay at home, eat some cookies and some drink some hot tea rather than like go to the city center, get some shopping done. And what are your memories as a child of Campos? Well Or are you like traumatized and you don't want to talk about it? (laughs) No, no, I'm 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 not traumatized, but it's just, you know, it gets dark so early in December. So like by four or five PM it's already pitch black outside and then you don't really see what's going on uh so i of course i was always on the on the good list in the, in the book of, of of nicholas but um just hearing the stories of campus and then sometimes they would come together to the school 
no one was ever taken. I don't recall anyone being taken by Krampus, even though there were some nasty kids in my class. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's just a a metaphor for the kids to to remember to to be good. To behave. I wonder if it works, huh? I'm I'm sure. It's like Krampus is coming, so you better (laughs) behave. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, These traditions are so funny to me. But maybe I would also stay home. I never watch horror movies. I like I don't I don't play around with those things. So I think I would be like you. I would stay home. I'm not going outside to watch to look at any demons running around. Mm-hmm. So that's a really fun tradition. Thank you so much for sharing these tips and these stories and these impressions of your country. If we want to connect with you, if we want to listen to your podcast, read your blog, where can we find you? So my blog's called Chronic Wanderlust. It's a bilingual blog in German and English. And about one and a half years ago, I founded a podcast about Austria. It's in Austrian German. um, And it's all about special places. And just like I said about the nuclear power plant, I have an episode on that. And it, it's just one of the most interesting places to visit. And so I always look for things that are quirky or unique or, or try to, to find out more about things that we take for granted or that we think we know the story of. Um, and so I try to dig a little deeper. I just recorded a, an episode that will be out in a couple of weeks about uh, Sissi, our beloved Empress Elizabeth. Um, And there's so many stories and things about her out there, even movies that are not factual. They're just made up. And so there's a lot of things out there about her and about her life that are just not true. And so I met up with the curator of the museum and he shared some very interesting things. And I'm I'm certain this is going to be one of the most downloaded episodes once I put it up on Spotify. Perfect. So I will leave it in the show notes, all of the links so that they can find you. And also you have uh, services. I, I think you're also self-employed. Yes. What do you offer? What are your services? I'm... Yes, I'm self-employed. Um, besides the blog and the podcast, I create websites for clients. Uh, I have a business partner and we focus on social media and online marketing for small and medium enterprises. So we create content for them and we also do workshops. I started teaching at a university and at a local institute and uh, it's all about online marketing there. Perfect, perfect. So if anyone needs online marketing, you know where to go. (laughs) Contact Victoria. Thank you so much for your time, for your stories. And I look forward to the next episode with you about Mexico or Israel or Venezuela. That would also be cool. That would be really cool. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful afternoon and looking forward to listening to the next podcast episode. Perfect. Thank you. a really fun interview for me to record. Did you know the story of Campos 
And do you think this is an effective way to get kids to behave? Let me know your thoughts in the comment section on my website. If you enjoyed this episode, share my podcast with one of your friends today. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal.